Um, so, Kelsey Ann and I have been discussing uh, parenting techniques, parenting techniques, and uh, we decided that if our kid ever lies to us, that we're just going to take them at their word and then act as if we believe that there's an e- a demonic poltergeist living in the house, like an evil entity that does yeah, so, bad okay, stuff. Okay, but so set the scene then. Oh, um... So it would be like so when I was when I was a little kid I broke a uh, like a cabinet a glass cabinet with my skateboard in the basement and then I ran upstairs <laughs> um, and hid in my room and left your skateboard and probably. left my skateboard yeah. covered in shards of glass classic and so my parents came home and they were like um, what the fuck they were like hey Nathan uh, do you know anything about your skateboard being covered in shards of glass where this glass cabinet used to be at the scene of the crime and I was like nope. I have no idea. No. Oh, my God. That's so weird. How did that happen? And obviously, I got in trouble because they saw right through me because yeah, I was a fucking like, idiot. Yeah, they were like, it had to be you. No one else was eight home. Eight-year-old, <laughs> yeah. nine-year-old. Yeah. I was like, I was like, you no, know, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so we decided if our kid ever does that, we have to go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Babe. Wait. Did you hear? Did you hear? Is there someone in the house? Do you think there's someone in the house? Okay. Babe. Go go inside. Uh-huh. Grab their phone. Just grab your phone. Okay. Just go. Just go inside. Because, baby, did you see anyone come in the door? Did Is you let anyone in here? I'm calling nine one one right now. I'm I'm calling nine one one right now. Or we go. Or we go. I knew it. I knew it. She's back. She's back. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, what? It's your grandmother. She's. <laughs> your she's grandmother back. was a troubled soul. <laughs> Your grandmother likes to take a drink. The hunting has to stop. Make it stop, mommy. Mommy, stop it, please. Do you see that? Do you see that? She's here. She's here. here. I feel her presence. (gasps) (laughs) Why, spirit? Why did you break the cabinet? Why? Leave us alone. And just traumatize just him. Traumatize, our traumatize him life. into. I can't wait to traumatize. Never our lying kids for to life. us again because if bit. he says he didn't do it, then it's either a home intruder mm-hmm. or it's the ghost of my late mother. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, what I'm, what we need to do after that is just take it, keep pushing it. And I pushing think, yeah, it. you have to keep pushing. I would it. do elaborate things <laughs> in the middle of the night to get this kid to believe that there was a. a devil in the house yeah well he set it up so i would i mean we'd get i would hire people to come like moan and <laughs> rattle in the middle of the night i would be i would be breaking all of our dishes and stuff like i would have um and then we would always always we'd have to turn the blame around onto the kid for sure yeah you know what i mean to really send the message why did you let her come back <laughs> yeah what did you say to mommy that made grandma's ghost angry <laughs> yeah it has to be their fault she can i tell think that's when the you're lying line. that's it yeah i think yeah. that's it um i mean because what's a better motivator than fear right mortal fear and yeah, danger nothing. nothing nothing yeah so this yeah. kid will be well this kid will be like the best kid on the block um, because we'll be torturing him yeah. every night. Yeah. Well, because like you know, I think we set the tone for his life inside the hat. Like you know, yeah. uh-huh. so we prepare him um, with with torture, with uh, constant psychological torture, agony, mm-hmm. and like second guessing. Strobe lights in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. S- anguished screams played through loudspeakers. Do you know what my my topic is today? We're doing a deep dive. 
I have no idea what your topic is. I'm just thinking of more tactics, like scraping on the windows. <laughs> like, what kind of stuff can we do? Can we like scraping on the windows is really, really spooky. Like, hire a guy with like, you know, only one limb left. You know what I mean? Like, I think once once he has siblings, we can get the siblings in on it. It's just for the one kid. Yeah, yeah. So it's so. Like you get his the little runt. sister to <laughs> whatever, yeah, um, to like you know wear pigtails and like an old fashioned dress. Yeah, right. And to like come in, you know, bouncing a ball or something, and like <laughs> yeah. somehow we'll get her eyes to glow. We'll, I don't know how, yeah, but we'll, but we'll have, figure like, it out. We'll make a um, as part of our like family budget. We'll mm. have like a makeup budget, oh, like yeah. a prosthetics <laughs> budget. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah, because then we could make her paint her up to like look ghostly mm-hmm. and pale and like. Put like elaborate like blood stains and like you know fake injuries and stuff on her. Oh, so definitely, that, yeah. Yeah, and this is where the strobe lights come in too <laughs> okay, because cool. um, we want her in silhouette where you could just make out like her wounds. Mm, I like that. Yeah. yeah, you never really want to see the entity in full because uh-huh. it takes away a lot of your fear. Like a lot of your fear is imagining yeah. the entity. You know, we could get a device that would like. I don't know. We could like attach fishing wire to one of their siblings and then mm. like have a button that would like levitate their sibling out of bed. Ooh, I love that. But then as soon as they look over, we press a button and it drops them back down. But they pretend like they were asleep the whole time. And so, but okay, but we started out believing in the poltergeist in the house. But what if we, what if we do all these things and mm. then we act like he's crazy and it's not happening? Oh, we gaslight him. Yeah, yeah. I like that. See, that's fun. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, really test the mental faculties. Now this you know? is even stronger because then, like, if he he starts off by telling a lie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then we take it, we go okay, and then we say nothing about it. Mm-hmm. We we go on with our lives for like a week or two, and then strange things start happening. <laughs> yeah, that he doesn't know if they're real or not, and nobody else is can like tell that they're happening right but of course we're all in on the game sure sure um but we he we make him question his own reality, reality. Well, and that's what because that's what he gets for being a little fucking liar yes yeah, you know sure I mean? yeah your yeah. whole world has to be turned upside down yeah 100 percent. do you ever wonder if our kids will listen to this <laughs> i don't think they it's will. on the internet for absolutely anyone to hear. i know i i often think about that like you know i mean people always do i i just watched a documentary about pamela anderson so obviously uh-huh. this is like different because ours is not naked photos or anything but like you know Yet. people being like your kids are gonna see that and she has these two like lovely boys in the documentary mm-hmm. and i find that in their case as well as in other celebrity kids cases like mm-hmm. they don't really want to they don't care like they just don't care their mom is not cool like it's embarrassing like they just want to they just don't care. <laughs> you know, like we think what we do is so cool yeah. and that our kids will care. Yeah. And then because we're dorky mom and dad, like yeah. they just have no interest. Yeah. You might as well be a like a fucking dental hygienist. Yeah. 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 I remember Louis C.K. saying about his daughters, like they just couldn't give a fuck about his <laughs> comedy or comedy ever. They were like, honestly, daddy, this is the stupidest job. That's so funny. <laughs> like, you That's know? so funny. Yeah. It is the stupidest job. No, it's not the stupidest job. I'm about to tell you about the stupidest job. So I usually give you a little bit of a preamble, uh-huh. but I'm not going to do that this time. I'm just going to go straight into the case. Please, okay. go ahead. All right. So a call came in one afternoon to the McDonald's in Mount Washington, Kentucky. 
Are you saying McDonald's is the stupidest job? <laughs> yeah. On April 9th, <laughs> 2004, uh-huh. 51-year-old assistant manager Donna Jean Summers picks up the phone. And there's a man on the other end of the line who says that he has something very serious to discuss with her, and he identifies himself as Officer Scott. He says that a McDonald's customer came into the station alleging that one of their employees had stolen money from her purse earlier that day. And he said the suspect was described as a young, petite female with brunette hair. Quote, he gave me a description of the girl and Louise was the one who fit it to a T, assistant manager Donna Jean Summers said. So... 18-year-old, high school senior, Louise Ogborn became the suspect. Okay. Okay. The caller, Uh identifying himself as law enforcement, Yeah, Officer Scott. Yeah. Issued some terms and conditions. He said, okay, Louise could be searched at the store, at the McDonald's, by Summers herself. What? by, By the assistant manager. No. Or else she would need to be arrested and taken to jail, and then she would be searched by police. No. Yeah. Wait. N- <laughs> no. Yeah, he gives her the option. He. What? Okay, what's happening here? So, let me tell you a little bit about Louise. So, Louise, Lu- Louise had taken the $6.35 an hour okay. position. I'm sure it's $6 changed $6 since 2004, oh but still. Damn. By the way, you, your host, listeners, your hosts are broke as fuck right now. Um, we're both looking for jobs, like, and the job market is bad. It's I don't bleak. know what to tell you guys. It's bleak. It really is. Nobody wants Kelsey Ann to work for them because she's pregnant, oh, which is illegal sure. technically, but still pretty reasonable. And just every job is just like fucking. You know, you can't. You can't make a living off of it well it's either the pay is terrible like truly unlivable yeah or you like have to have a car okay i don't or you have to like it's really like i mean really far away like maybe yeah. this is just chicago like maybe i cannot I mean, tell I feel like most places in the united states just assume that you have a car yeah it's just i'm trying not to work for minimum wage if i can yeah, exactly. help it Exactly. And that is really tough. Yeah. If I just succumbed to the minimum wage, then fine. Then I'll, whatever. I'm sure I could get, I just work at Chipotle or whatever. Yeah, fine. But like, I'll do well, not too, pregnant like, though. I don't know. It's still been tough because I applied for some retail that was yeah. minimum wage and didn't get it. It's okay. But man, it's all fucked up because cost of living keeps going up and up and up. But like, dude. The fucking minimum wage has stayed the same for forever. Yeah. But I, at least we live in a city where the minimum wage is 15 as opposed to like wherever the fuck this is. Kentucky. You said West Virginia. Yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. 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 Um, 635 <laughs> an hour. so sad. Jesus Christ, so fucked dude. up. Um, just shoot me. I'm not even... I'm, I, I can't... For six thirty five an hour, yeah, like, shoot me, shoot my, my hour is not even worth it. Like, let me just be dead then. For yeah, that hour. literally, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so she got the position uh, because her mother lost her job, yeah, and was having some health issues, and she wanted to help pick up a little slack and and make some money for the family. Right, she's mm-hmm. a senior in high school. Yeah. Um. So she actually finished her shift like. An hour ago, yeah. But she needed extra money and saw that there was an opportunity. She needed extra money. You're kidding. Yeah, to uh, help out with the dinner rush. Okay. Basically, she 
like yeah, is covering some, something. Hours, yeah, yeah uh-huh. so she's covering someone. So she essentially st- is staying for a double shift mm-hmm. this day. Um, imagine though, if she had gone home at the end of her shift. Yeah, none of this shit. She wouldn't be being read about right now <laughs> yeah, off of your computer exactly. screen. So she was about to clock out. By the way, guys, uh, we're just complaining because we have dreams is all. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if we didn't have any fucking dreams, we'd just go get regular jobs, be normal. But we got these fucking dreams. (laughs) Um, So so she's about to clock out. But then Donna Summers uh, says, I need to speak with you. And she leads her to the like cramped cluttered back office of mcdonald's if you can imagine one Uh of those um and locks the door she's about to get searched baby and the caller um tells donna she's on the phone the whole time whole time holy shit that louise would need to be um if she wanted to do this at the mcdonald's louise would need to be strip searched to see if she had the money on her. Okay, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> this is absolutely insane. Louise says, quote, I was bawling my eyes out and literally begging them to take me to the police station because <laughs> oh I didn't God, do yeah, anything I know. wrong. I mean, well, th- <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, that's an option. As this guy laid out the yeah. options, he said that that was an option. So just take her to the fucking police station. I mean, I would rather be strip searched by a random police than my manager my at the McDonald's, McDonald's who I have to see manager. tomorrow Ugh. when I show up for my next Donna shift. Donna Jean or whatever the <laughs> yes, fuck her name exactly. is. exactly. I have to see this woman every day. Like, Big I don't want to be strip fucking searched Humpty Dumpty shaped, egg shaped, fucking broad. Yeah. Frog mouth Donna Jean. <laughs> I'm sorry, Donna Jean. I'm sure you're a lovely lady, but... Um. What the fuck? Excuse so, me, what the fuck? So here's our right, here's our first moral dilemma, right? Yeah, so uh-huh. <laughs> our first one. <laughs> so the idea that the option is actually presented. Yeah. And Louise tells her what option she wants, and that's please just take me to the police station. Yeah, and that's and it's that not it doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. Okay. Yeah. So she gets strip searched by Donna Jean? Okay. So Donna Jean follows Officer Scott's instructions, and she orders Louise to first turn her pockets inside out. By the way, I, along with this research, like came across something where uh, it, w- it was a, a form showing you like what you what your employer can, in fact, ask you to do. Um, turning your pockets inside out is one of the things that they can ask you to do, and it's legally. Yes, legally. Wow. And they can also make you go through a metal detector or make your things go through a metal detector. Wow. But obviously they can't make you take your clothes. Yeah, off. of course not. <laughs> of course not. Um, so this is all on video, by the way. So just remember yeah. that throughout this whole story. Little shitty little fucking recorder in the corner. like hang- yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. it's like buzzy and Security yellow. footage. Security yeah. Uh-huh. footage, uh-huh. yeah. So... You can tell from the security footage there's a little bit of a back and forth, right? She shows her pockets. There's nothing in there. Um, Louise is crying on the video. Of course, weeping. Um, Donna's fucking clammy frog hands. And then there's an assistant manager. uh, Another assistant manager. I'm sorry. Another one. Donna's the assistant manager. The manager's not in, okay? (laughs) The assistant manager, even. (laughs) Donna Jean. And then Kim Dockerty. Okay. Dockery. Dockery. who's 40, comes into the office. Mm -hmm. She comes in with a garbage bag 
And together they tape the garbage bag to the window so that no one can see into the office. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> um, Kim does want to know what's going on. Yeah, but I would think I was going to get killed. Yeah, according to the deposition, um, both her and Donna say that Donna did not tell Kim what the situation was per request of Officer Scott. Okay. So one assistant manager does know exactly what's going on. The other one does not, but is still standing around. Mm Mm-hmm watching okay (laughs) sort of facilitating even though she's not really clued in yeah just Um, interested generally interested yeah i'm sure it's a lot more interesting what's happening in here than it is on the you know oh my god yeah the dinner rush who fucking cares like this is so i've never seen this before at a mcdonald's donna asks louise to remove one item of clothing at a time and louise complies one item of clothing uh comes off until she's completely naked. This is crazy. She actually gets all the way nude. Completely nude. Oh my god, dude. Quote, she was crying for remember stealing Kim Doherty. What was the amount that They didn't give an amount. They didn't I don't give know. An in, okay. in none of the articles I read they say like the what. So she, so they may Officer Scott may have not ever even said. <laughs> Officer Scott. I know. Kim says, quote, a little young girl standing there naked wasn't a pretty sight. <laughs> oh, God. No, she probably looked like a wet rat. <laughs> she did. She was shivering. She was probably cowering. The, yeah. Yeah. Camera. Ugh. So Officer Scott, who stayed on the phone the whole time, is giving his orders. Yeah. And he, he also tells Donna that McDonald's corporate is on the line with him, as well as the store manager um, whom he names correctly. Yeah. He identifies uh-huh. correctly by name. Uh-huh. Um, and Donna recalled thinking that she could hear police radios in the background. Okay. And Donna also says he was very calm. He was very mild-mannered, and he was authoritative. Like, as, yeah. if, as if he does this every day. So, what's going on here? Because this is, not, this is not legal. None of this is legal. So, what is this, a rogue cop? Like, is this like a fucking... Oh, my God. You'll find out. Cop gone wrong? Okay. You'll, yeah. All right. You'll find out. Um, so, Donna... Obeys his every command, as mm-hmm. you're under, as you're seeing here. Yeah. Um, she even gives the caller Louise's measurements, including her bra size, and describes her body in detail. When oh asked. my god, dude! Mm-hmm. We've she, gone way beyond. Like she, she's fucking naked. Like yeah, she's she doesn't naked have shivering. anything. No. So now she's really not going to have anything because as instructed, oh no! Donna takes each discarded garment uh-huh. from Louise and places it in a bag along with Louise's wallet and car keys. Oh my God. Yeah. She did not have a cell phone at the time, but I'm, I'm imagining if she did have a cell phone. That'd be in there. 2004. It'd be in there. Um, she t- puts it in a bag and she takes it out to her own car where she locks it inside. What? Okay. Fucking why? So Louise has nothing. Imagine yeah. she, if Louise wanted to escape, she would have to. She would have to run, run absolutely <laughs> bare naked <laughs> through McDonald's, through a parking lot, into all the way where? home on no. the highway. Fucking yeah. Because she can't get into her own she car. Can't drive. She doesn't have her car keys. I presume she doesn't know how to hotwire a vehicle. <laughs> yeah. She'd have to hitchhike all the way home. Like what the. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, Although that may have been... Pause. 
You getting a call? Oh. Hello? It's Officer Scott. Hello? Jesus Christ, I cannot believe you got a phone call in the middle of that story. I know, I, <laughs> what if it was Officer Scott? That's what I was saying, like, what if it's Officer Scott? Like, how weird and serendipitous that that is, like, the first fucking time that ever happens on the podcast. On the podcast, yeah. I was, I'm, it was a Florida area code, and I'm waiting for a call from a Florida wedding planner for one of our businesses yeah. that we run, and so I picked it up, but it was not. It was someone from Senior Services. I ain't a senior, bitch. Get Rude. off my dick. Damn. Senior in college, so, maybe, but... What I was going to say was running nude through the McDonald's might have been the perfect thing for her. Like, if she, like, looked like an escaped sex prisoner... Yeah. You know, somebody might have been able to help her. Oh, for sure. Like, if we're playing Hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, imagine, it's like, brilliant. yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's brilliant. You're sitting, like, if you run into a crowded McDonald's and go, help me, help me, help me, and you're I know, naked. I know, I know. I mean, somebody's got to do something about that. It, the torture would have been over there. I feel like Kentucky is one of those places in America that still has, like, a sense of, like, honor. Like, you <laughs> like you're, you have to do something, you know what Well, I mean? I mean, it's funny that you're saying that because I feel like... That is what's happening. It's just in the opposite way. It's oh, like God. they they're Donna Jean's like, Yes, sir, I will do my duty, sir. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So Louise says, um, quote, I didn't know what was behind the door. I didn't know if someone law enforcement was waiting for me. I didn't really want to run out naked. What are they gonna I shoot? I was just you? <laughs> really scared. Well, she is eighteen. Yeah, I do. I get it. She's still a she kid. She grew up in a small town in a rural area. Like yeah. this kid has not seen much, yeah. you know. By the way, when do you, like, stop being a kid in the modern context? I feel like 25, once you're over 25, then, like... Yeah. But if, I feel like that legally you're an adult at 18, but I feel like that denomination continues on for, like... I mean, does and nobody takes a 24-year-old seriously, Not at right? all, no. Not at all. I see, and 24-year-olds like, say so much. I see, like, interviews with, like, 24-year-old actors sometimes, you oh, know, who's, yeah. like uncle is like the head of paramount or whatever <laughs> like who's fucking dad like owns 10 art museums in new york city or whatever um and yeah you're right they just talk they just have so many cool they're opinions. finally at an age where um they 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 think that they know some things yeah and people are starting to actually listen yeah um and so they just get really high on it i think they're like I'm ready to tell you who I am and what I stand for, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And it's all wrong, and they're just yeah, wrong. Yeah, so you're if you're 24, stupid, um, all your opinions are wrong. Definitely true. And it will remain that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, so what? It, what's the turn? Like I don't know. I guess twenty. when you're 26, you kind of start to fucking calm down a little yeah. bit. I don't know. That's not like a hard and fast thing, but I feel like as you exit your 20s, you like... You, and even still, like, I'm sure, like, there are people who would talk to you and me now. And be like, You know, 20 oh, years older than us. Shut be, up. <laughs> like, these fucking... Shut your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like I was an... Ad- personally, personally. Yeah. I feel like I was an adult maybe around, like, 23. But I wasn't psychically knitted together, if you mm, know what I mean, mm-hmm. until... I do. 27. Yeah. Or eight. Like, you know, like where I really had a head on my shoulders. Right. Like you you were capable of making basic decisions to like keep yourself alive yeah. at 23. Yeah. 
Right. Same same here basically. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, I don't I don't think I had like a sort of grounded adult perspective Mm-mm. until I was shit maybe maybe not even now, but still. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying so, like 18 years old yeah, like at, even at my young age somewhat young age of 30 i look at an 18 year old and i go jesus christ you literally don't know anything like yeah. you don't know anything so i, I, gu- I it's guess it's crazy not... that 16 year olds drive vehicles i, I do that too nuts i think it's crazy, crazy that in certain states you can marry a 16 year old oh that's also crazy you know they could go get married to Damn. whoever or whoever <laughs> yeah. wants to marry a 16 year old can go do that at least in that case they're only putting their own lives at risk i guess so I guess so. Okay. Yeah. So if she had run out naked, like you said, it yeah. would all be over. Yeah, yeah. But it was just 5 p.m. And for Louise, hours, a few hours of this degradation was just the beginning. Holy shit, really? This would go on much longer. Oh my God. How much longer? <laughs> just longer. So after the strip search, the women. Um, Give her an apron, a McDonald's mm. apron in the video. You can you can see that Louise is trying to conceal herself as best she can, like yeah. with the apron. Um, and then Donna does something really interesting, and she comforts Louise. She's still on the phone, okay? So she still has the phone up to her ear. But I just found this portion of the video really fascinating. She, you can see Donna hugging Louise. She's, you know, she's stroking hugging her. her, stroking her. She's petting her hair. She's petting her. She's holding her like a mother, like you, like a mother would hold like their crying eighteen-year-old child. Ugh. Um. Yeah, it's very maternal. It's very like, oh, you, oh, you poor thing. Like this is awful. I know. That's way worse. Get your fucking hands off me. Well, for sure. But I just, I think it's fascinating because it's like she's doing what she thinks she's supposed to do, but she must know that it's wrong because she's trying to comfort yeah, this girl. Yeah, she's feeling regret for she's sure. She's feeling, yeah, she's feeling something. Remorse, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like she's awkwardly covering herself with this apron. Like, Even though Donna was like, you know, being incredibly weak-minded and, frankly, mundanely evil. Yeah. She was still aware of the harm she was causing and wanted to, like, mitigate it a little. I, I understand I just, what you mean yeah. when you say mundanely evil, but here's the thing. This is far from mundanely evil. Do you know what I mean? I guess you're right, but I just mean the mundanity. Is that a word? Yeah. Mundanity. Uh-huh. Of um, just following orders, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's not I, I, I a guess lot of, so. Like, this is like, yeah, it's the same excuses at Nuremberg, right? Yeah. I mean, she she ought to fucking know that this isn't like above board. Like she ought to, yeah. Anybody with, I mean, how old is she? She's in 51. her 40s. She's fifty one. Yeah, a fifty one year old person should know that the fucking police will show up and not and ask talk you to you a in person. Yeah, to strip search another citizen. Yeah, you're not being your deputized. Yeah, I s- no. Like, this is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So Louise, in her deposition later on, is asked why she didn't say no or run out of the restaurant. Yeah. And she says this, which I find really heartbreaking. Quote, I grew up in a typical military home, highly uh, disciplined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was taught that if my mom or dad told me to do something, I did it. 
If any other adult told me to do something, I absolutely did it. No arguments. Crazy. This is okay. This is something about our culture that I can't stand. Like the idea that okay, um, t- there's so many things I hate in that statement. Mm-hmm. First of all, you know her dad's like a tactical guy. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Wrap around fucking Oakleys. Has to be. Fucking probably, <laughs> probably PTSD. Because <laughs> yeah. if this is 2004. That guy was either in Desert Storm or Afghanistan or or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Just beefy, (laughs) red-faced, fucking veiny, alcoholic guy. Yeah. Anger problems, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, the... the, um, I'm not even talking about the military here. Um, I'm talking about, like, the idea in our culture that you respect figures of authority no matter Matter what. what. For no reason other than they're in a position of authority. Yeah, for no fucking reason at all. I mean, that's how come all the Boy Scouts got raped. Yeah, exactly. Because they teach... You were in the Boy Scouts. I was in the Boy Scouts briefly until I realized that it fucking sucked. Well, I remember you telling me like... Yeah, the first, like, couple of weeks. Like, you think you're going to, like, go and, like, you're going to go camping or something. Yeah, exactly. I literally thought, like, I'm going to join the Boy Scouts. They're going to teach me, like, how to, like, use a knife, make a fire, like, shoot bows and arrows and stuff. It's going to be cool. I'm going to hang out with my boys in the woods. You're going to get to be a little tactical. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. But um, every guy likes that. But um, that's not what happened. I thought we were going to, like, go exploring, do something, like, learn about animals, learn about nature, learn about fucking anything mm-hmm. at all, do anything interesting. Not so. What we did was learn, sit around in a circle, and we learned about what they call the Akela. Oh, okay. Um, the Akela is, like, some, like, it's some, like, native word. They plagiarized I w- I knew some, it. They, I had some to be, stu- yeah. Like, some native myth or whatever, they plagiarized it in this stupid, asinine way. Um, and they... Uh, the the Akela, that word means like pack leader. Mm-hmm. And so like from the very beginning, they were like, you must always respect your Akela. Whatever your Akela says goes. Like like your Akela knows better than you, and you have to understand that you play a role in the pack that is subservient. Like that kind of thing. Oh my god. Like it was god. literally like you sit around in a circle and learn why adults like you should always do everything an adult says all the time for And this like, man is wearing without short shorts and knee high socks. He's wearing socks, short shorts, knee high socks. Him? He's got a little kerchief around his neck. <laughs> he really enjoys spending time with young boys. Out in the wilderness Out where in the middle no one can hear them scream. No, luckily this was at a like at my public school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, which made it even dumber in my opinion. I was like, what are we doing? Like, there's no bows and arrows. There's not a knife to be seen. I I, I know nothing about like pitching a tent. Mm-hmm. Unlike the guy who is telling me to follow the Akela, who uh. is currently pitching a tent. Um, <laughs> like it, I was just like, this stinks. This fucking blows. I hate the Cub Scouts. I hate the Boy Scouts. This is awful. Yeah. So I quit basically immediately. But the thing is, the guys who stay in it, that's the core principle. Yeah. It's like respect authority mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah. That comes first. And it's because the Cub, the Boy Scouts are like a fucking, you know. Paramilitary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were like designed to make like good little obedient mm-hmm. uh, guys who would grow up to be GIs. And that was like. Yeah. I mean, it was the same thing with the Hitler Youth into the Wehrmacht. It was like, it's the same fucking thing. Um, All of this is to say, the idea that you have to respect and follow orders from and do anything that a perceived authority figure tells you, no matter what, is crazy. 
it, and it's happening twofold here. It's happening between Louise and Donna Jean, and it's happening between Donna Jean and Officer Scott. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's happening. It's trickling down the whole line. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you have to fucking respect Donna Jean? She yeah. like, what what has she done to command your like you know your subservience like in this way? Nothing. Nothing. No, nobody in the she world just has a name tag that says assistant manager. Yeah, literally. No, and she's older than you. Yeah. And your parents told you you have to and do to do everything. Yeah, that exactly. Someone says that's older than you. Yeah. Donna Jean is probably worth a whole lot less to the world than you are, Louise. Sorry, <laughs> at least you've still got some years ahead of you to do something. Yeah. I hate to say it, but Donna Jean is pretty simple-minded, <laughs> obviously, based on what we know about her here. So there's a theory that this obedience factor yeah. plays into f- fast food, like specifically. Like being a worker in fast food. Yes. So like... It's a predictor of obedience? There... Um, Yes, but like chicken or the egg. Right. Um, So there's an author, Esther Ryder. She's a uh, Canadian sociologist, and she wrote a book, Making Fast Food from the Frying Pan into the Fryer. From the Frying Pan into the Fryer. Right. Is that a good title? No. No, that's bad. It's a bad title. (laughs) Um, She spent uh, 10 months working at Burger King as part of her research for this. Yeah. Um, And she believes she studied this case and she believes that the caller understood the nature of working in fast food that he somehow understood that the same thing she discovered in her book which was that the most prized trait in fast food workers is obedience makes sense so you rise through the ranks faster yeah everything is easier um when you're obedient yeah you're an automaton Exactly. Like she the says, whole system, there's no room for creativity. The whole system's no. been figured out already. Yeah. She says the assembly line process very deliberately tries to take away any thought or discretion from workers. Yeah. They are appendages to the machine. Yeah, exactly. So maybe people with this mentality are attracted to that line of work. Or maybe it's the only job they can get in Mount Washington, Kentucky. Who knows? Yeah, I think but that's more like it. The longer they work there, the longer they it beats you down. Beats you down, and Absolutely. you become an appendage to the machine. Absolutely, I think that's what it is. It's like, yeah. holy fuck, this is the only job I can get. All right, better be grateful for it. Yeah. Then you show up, and like you don't want to lose that fucking job because, as I said before, it's the only one you can fucking get. So you do what it takes to to stay there. And then after years of doing that, look at you. Like, what happened to your fucking free will? Yeah. It's, it's not your fault, but it got beaten, ground out of you. Yeah, yeah like mortar and pestle. Just On purpose. Scraped. Just yeah. over and over again. So yeah. the investigator who's reviewing the tape mm-hmm. footage, right? Now he sees a man come into the office. Okay. A middle-aged man. With no employee uniform on, by the yeah, way. Yeah, let me guess, not dressed in a police officer's <laughs> no, uniform either. No. And he's thinking, because oh, there's no sound, by the way. It was not recording sound, so the investigator's just watching. And he's thinking, um, how did a grown man who doesn't work at McDonald's come to now be inside the back office yeah, of a McDonald's? what's happening here? Well, okay. This is how it happened. This interrogation, this strip search, has gone on now for hours. Little things Officer Scott is asking Donna to do, look for, ask about. It's gone on for hours. Oh, my God. And she's trying to run a restaurant. 
Um, she's now <laughs> totally in the weeds. No one knows where their assistant manager is. Yeah. She's out of commission. Yeah, because she's fucking cavity searching this 18-year-old. Yeah. And anytime she's she begins to ask the caller why this is taking so long and that she needs to get back to work, mm-hmm. every answer, to her mind at least, seems yeah. legit. He basically does a combination of like, we're sorry, we don't have many people working today. We're sending someone out. You just got to bear with us like until the police arrive on the scene. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Basically, we're understaffed. We sent someone out. You just have to you have stay to do on the line until yeah, 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 until we get there, right? Yeah. So finally, she Again, puts her foot sir, down. Yes, sir. I'll do whatever I can, sir. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing she puts her foot down is, I have to go back to work at McDonald's. I have yeah. to resume my shift. Yeah, dude. Not like puts her foot down on she this has illegal to, strip search. She has to do her duty. She, she has does. to like. She has. She's very duty driven. Yes, it does seem that way, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. So she. So the caller says, "Okay." Well, do you have a man in your life that you trust? A, a boyfriend, a brother, a uh-huh. husband, something? Can they come in for just a, a few to, oh my, to, oh my to God. sit with her until we get there? Are you serious? And she said, you know, funny thing. I do. I have a fiance. His name is Walter. She called Walter? Mm-hmm. Jesus. So, she so called- now Walter's fucking in the room with Louise. Yeah. Not yet, though. So she's waiting for Walter to come. Okay. And in the meanwhile, she asks a cook named Jason Bradley, who's 27, to watch Ogborn. Hey, will you watch this fucking shivering <laughs> naked right? bitch that so I've So it was bad here? before, but now it's really bad because there's not even another woman in the room. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Now she's just in a room with a, with a man locked door. Although he... Jason yeah. refuses to go along with the caller's instructions to remove her apron and describe her body. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. He so didn't th- call police or anything. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. signs of life. I was like, listen, if I walked into a room and my coworker was nude and shivering and like cowering <laughs> yeah. and like like in fear for her life, I would like stop everything. Like, yeah. I, I don't see how you could walk into a room and accept these circumstances. I agree. And it's do funny you? that some people do and some people don't. I mean, he didn't... No, he didn't go all the way with it. He didn't say, mm-hmm. put your clothes back on. This is not right. This is crazy. Like, this, like, who is this person? Nobody in this whole chain of people was like, this isn't legal. Like, yeah. this would never happen. But like you said, signs of life. And I do find that interesting. Yeah. You never know how people are going to react to a situation. Yeah. And kudos to this young man for at least being like, no. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. No, fuck no. Um, so... Uh, Donna's fiance, Walter, arrives. This is the man who's not wearing the uniform, right? Walter. Yeah. So now Louise is in a, a locked room with a strange middle-aged man who she's never met and who doesn't even work at McDonald's. <laughs> and now it's Walter who's taking instructions from the officer on the other end of the line. Oh, my God. I bet Walter does everything he says. Walter, uh, or Officer Scott, uh-huh. asks Walter to ask Louise to drop the apron and to get up and do jumping jacks. Jumping jacks. Because she might have stashed the money somewhere internally. Oh my god. Dude, okay. You're not authorized to do this. <laughs> so she does. And <sighs> um he makes her run in place. He makes her jiggle and shake. 
and stand up on a chair. This is horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. Now, from time to time, Donna is... I will say, uh, if I might... Yeah, of course. um, I know that one of the tactics that people use to, like, indoctrinate people into cults is, like, doing, um, doing repetitive movements over and over. So maybe he, like... Has some some sort of like apparently there's something about like doing a repetitive motion over and over and over again like past the point of exhaustion mm-hmm. that like takes your um your higher like individuality yeah, yeah. Out of it. and you you just become like you just become like compliant yeah interesting well, yeah. yeah it's helping right I don't um, know it's a thought so. Now, Donna is coming in from time to time back into the office where uh-huh. she'll like need to get something or need to check something on the computer, like yeah. just normal work stuff that she would normally go into the back office for. Uh-huh. And every time she does, Louise um, covers up with the apron. So there's a possibility that Donna doesn't really think like that Donna really does think that Walter is simply sitting there like she asked him to, mm-hmm. to and watching Louise, right? Oh, when with she no com- jiggling and no yeah. jumping jacks or whatever. I mean, it's yeah. possible. But she also gives Louise no help. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. So Louise says, quote, I was doing what I needed to do to survive, which... With an 18-year-old's brain, you sort of... And with the repetitive Definitely. movements and with being naked and with this being her first job. She's well, never had a job before. Also being locked into an office with like a 40-whatever, 50-whatever yeah, man. Well, that too. Yeah. Like, like literally mean, the threat of being like raped and killed. It's Yeah, exactly. And also, so all of this stuff and also the fact that like it started off with just Donna Jean. Mm-hmm. But now it's been like four different people, know. you yeah. know what I mean, that have all just completely taken this as at face value. Yeah. So I'd imagine like <laughs> whatever questions you had when it was just Donna Jean would probably be stomped out of your mind by the fact that there were three more people coming in here. All older than you, all yeah. higher status than uh-huh. you, that have taken this, like you said, at face value and not had really much of an issue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this must be normal. <laughs> I mean, Apparently well, you know, is, you can yeah. imagine what she's thinking. This is average police work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, the it's caller the asks beat. then to speak to Louise. Uh-huh. And um, he tells her that she needs to address him as yes, sir, and no, sir. And if she didn't, she would get punished. Punished how? You're not here. What, are you going to make Walter punish me? So, Walter. No. Was... An upstanding man in the Mount Washington community. Uh-huh. He wa- he held a job. He was a churchgoer. He was a little league coach. Okay. Um, but when you put a person in this sort of like surreal, unreal, like whatever you want to call it situation yeah. that is like very much outside of their daily activities, yeah. very much outside of what they consider real life to be, yeah. um, they can respond in strange ways. I fucking guess so. So, I mean, yeah, you'd think out of the three grown fucking people or four, Donna, Kim, Jason, Walter, that at least one of them would be like, I'm not going to make her do that. I mean, I guess Jason did say that, but he didn't take it any further, right? Yeah. Anyway, the footage on the surveillance video is going to get even weirder. Oh, no. Walter is seen putting Louise on his lap, like bent over his lap. And spanks her on and off for 20 minutes. Oh my. Shut the fuck Completely up, nude. dude. 
Oh, this is horrifying. With, like her butt in his face kind of thing. Ew, dude. Yeah. The caller then tells Walter to have Louise give him a kiss to see if he can smell any alcohol on her breath. This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Nobody's, we're at the end of nobody's rope yet. And then the caller tells Walter to command Louise to perform oral sex on Shut him. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And he does. And no. Does. No. Yeah. Are you fucking shitting me? No. No. Holy shit. So then I, Donna Summers comes I'm back speechless. in. I'm <laughs> speechless. I don't even know what to say. I have no. And I Walter says, no like, input. I need to get out of here. And he leaves and he drives home and he calls his best friend and says, quote, I have done something terribly bad. Yeah. So at least, so that's his shattered ceiling, right? It's like. After, after he came he, in this Yeah, after he mouth. came in this 18-year-old's mouth, only then did he realize that maybe he was doing something wrong. Oh, it's that post-nut clarity, babe. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. So, I will say, this is an affliction with, with every man. We'll get into some crazy situations. <laughs> the fucking thing is, he didn't think he was going to nut. No. It just happened to him. Uh, Officer Scott used Louise to rape him. Okay. I if think you think about a, it that I way. That's a little wild. <laughs> but yeah, this is effectively a long distance rape. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. So now Donna comes in. Walter leaves in a, in a huff, sweating, you know, acting weird. Yeah. Um, And she doesn't know what to do. Yeah. She's still on board. She doesn't know. She doesn't necessarily know about the sexual stuff. Her husband's come in. <laughs> her fiance's come. Yeah. Different. Different. No, different. 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 Um, so she asks a second man to come in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this time a custodian um, at the McDonald's, oh, a ninth grade no. dropout. Oh, no. She has him get in yeah. and he gets on the phone mm-hmm. and after one second of hearing officer scott's voice on the other end says that is not a cop oh oh oh, finally holy shit finally and of course it's a fucking custodian oh isn't doesn't that make so much sense yes it does it had to be yes not no fucking assistant manager whatever custodian can even keep up with the fact of the basic fact that this, this is, is not, not a okay. cop. This is not. This situation is not it's legal. It's not normal. It's not legal. This is not police work. He was like, "This is not something that would happen. This is not right." And he tells Donna, "This is not a real call from a real cop." Thank you. Thank. You. What's his name? They don't. Um. It's it's been redacted. It's, it's been redacted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you, anonymous custodian. <laughs> yeah. For fucking saving the fucking day, putting this to an end. I wonder how many hours Louise had been in this fucking torture chamber. Many, many. In the back room of McDonald's, getting spanked and having to suck off Walter. Oh my God, she sucked off Walter. I know. Oh my God. But also, like, think about it. Like, who knows if she had either, even ever done that before? Like, I, I, it's, it's possible horrific that she either hadn't. way, but like, it's fucking horrific, dude. It's horrific. Yeah. So that's when everyone realizes they've been scammed. Yeah. Th- this is a hoax. 
And it wasn't the first. It wasn't the first? How many more of them were there? Not at that McDonald's. But the first call of this nature came in 1995. 1995. In Devil's and that was Lake. in 2004. Yep. So, oh, Ten years wow. earlier in Devil's Lake, North Dakota, and another one that was reported in that same year in Fallon, Nevada. Oh, he just calls nowhere towns, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, probably caller, have a high percentage of tactical guys. Yep. And like... And like, like people who people. like kneel for the troops or, you know... That's exactly what... That's exactly what, like, people who study this case say. They say, yeah. you know, he would typically masquerade as a police officer investigating a crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would purposefully target small towns in, like, really remote, like, or rural yeah, yeah, communities, yeah. right? That Where aren't, you like, you know connected. they have, like, Punisher stickers or, like, Blue Lives. I mean, now yeah. they would have Punisher stickers or Blue Lives Matter decals all over their shit. Yeah. yeah. And areas, he thinks that these areas are where the managers, the managerial staff would be more trusting, right? If you think about like a big <laughs> yeah. city or just some place a little like, you know, more connected, like yeah. I think that there's there's a much bigger possibility that they go, what? Yeah. Fuck off. Fuck yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas like, you know, in a small town, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I agree I, with I, this logic. Yeah, it's because in a big city, you would have been scammed before. True, true. You know true. what I mean? Yeah. You, you just would have been scammed before. You would have learned. I mean, we I've lived the majority of my life in like huge, major metropolitan areas. I've been scammed a couple of times. Yeah. You learn from it. You get humiliated. It makes you feel <laughs> bad. I've never been scammed like this. Thank yeah, fucking yeah. God. But yeah, I've had the guy go like... Can you buy me milk? And then realize that he like is bringing it to another convenience store and returning it, quote unquote, yeah. for like you know Aww. cash on his EBT card or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You know that kind of shit, like or like you, you know you just get scammed when you live in a city, or you ha you get taught about scams, right? When you live in the city, or you're at least keeping your head on a swivel. Yeah, exactly. Because you've heard of scams. <laughs> you're you're awake to this. Yeah, kind of thing, yeah. As opposed to like in a small town. I mean. It speaks to the character of small towns, but like, yeah, nobody's trying to go scam one another for the most part. For the most part. You know? And I, there's, so this is twofold because mm -hmm. he would, he would not just target restaurants. Yeah. He would target, um, chains. Yeah. And, and also like, so some of them were chains that were like, you know, Applebee's or whatever. Yeah. Uh -huh. But most were fast food chains. I mean, sure. Applebee's uh -huh. is fast food, but you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um, more like. Wendy's, Taco Bell, McDonald's, yeah, yeah. Burger King, blah, blah, blah. Low end, really rapid service. That yeah. Kind of repetitive, so like yeah. The, the, the thinking behind that mm -hmm. is that um, in these places, the male and female victims were would likely be very young and inexperienced, mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. only because where they lived and grew up, and mm -hmm. um, but because this was probably their first job, you know? Yeah. Like, fast food is a lot of people's first job. You can start hiring when you're, like, 16. Jesus. Like, you can, you know, something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, I know you can start working at Publix when you're 14. I always thought that was a little cray-cray. Um, I feel like we got served by a 14-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was like, I work with my mom. Yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> were like, funny. no way. And yeah. his mom came around and she was like, okay, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were like, damn, you really do work with your mom. Yeah. Um, he had a face tattoo too. He did. Anyway, uh, so they would likely be inexperienced and young and this might be their first job. So they would be more likely to like n not know if this was a 
standard or not, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And also that the managers were likely to be understaffed and overworked and tired and more likely to be working without supervision at places like this. Remember, there was a manager uh and he wasn't there. Right. So this guy purposefully liked to target stores that were stretched thin and they had assistant managers who were manning it for the day. Yeah, right, right. right. Um, So, and also at first, nobody believed like these store managers, right? When Mm -hmm. they insisted that they did what they did because they were speaking to a police officer who told them to. I mean, just imagine, right? So, you know, after that, someone hangs up or or he hangs up, Officer Scott hangs up, someone. And then they're left having to like address the situation like maybe she wants to go to the police and and she tells them what happened and their excuse is that someone on the other end of the phone told them to like literally that sounds so unrealistic it's like no you're a fucking pervert and you took this new employee into the room and like yeah molested her her. yeah Yeah, like that's pretty much the only thing i see here um so but the prank calls continued by the time Officer Scott or whatever his name prank is, prank call. Fo- I mean, it is a kind of a prank. That is call, literally. Right? I mean, that's that is the term for it. I guess. Yeah. I think I like your term better. Long distance rape. A long distance rape. That's what it was because the guy was using Walter to rape that young girl. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, so bad. Um. So by the time he thank called God for in, that custodian. I know. Again, word up. Props. Yeah. Love you. Yeah. Good job. Um, By the time he called the Mount Washington McDonald's in April of 2004, McDonald's is specifically who will take no responsibility for this or any call, by the way. Of course not. Had been duped in more than 68 of their stores in 32 states, including others in Kentucky. What? This guy did this 70 times? More than that. Holy fucking shit. Hundreds. Oh my God. Uh Uh-huh. Holy shit, dude. So starting in 1995 is their first call, or at least the first call that someone reported, right? Yeah. We don't know the extent of how many of these hoaxes he was able to pull off because people think a lot of them went unreported. Unbelievable. Yeah. I thought that this was like, I thought that maybe it was like, seven or eight when you said it started in 1995 and went to 2004 i was like maybe he did Does one like a, two year. a year yeah, no yeah, this yeah. guy was doing dozens of them dozens it's his favorite crazy. thing crazy hundreds holy shit yeah. dude but then detectives across the country eventually connected on these hoaxes uh-huh. and decided that they they do think it's one man Because basically the formula remains the same with only slight fluctuations. And I'm going to run you down like a really brief summary of like some different calls that happened. Right. So different from the Louise Ogborn call. Right. So on November 30th in 2000, the caller persuaded a manager at McDonald's in Litchfield, Kentucky Uh to remove her own clothes (laughs) in front of a customer who the caller said was suspected of sex offenses. (laughs) what and the caller promised that undercover officers would burst in and arrest the customer the moment he attempted to molest her 
Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Can you even follow this? This is cr- crazy, crazy, right? Did she do it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow, the detective wow, in wow, Litchfield wow, wow. says, we asked her why she hadn't called the police. She said she thought it was the police who had called her. Jesus yeah. fucking Christ, dude. On May 29th, 2002, a girl celebrating her 18th birthday in the first hour of her first day on the job at McDonald's in Roosevelt, Iowa, was forced to strip jog naked and assume a series of embarrassing poses at the direction of a caller on the phone <sighs> on her 18th birthday on, in the horrible. first hour for welcome to mcdonald's welcome to mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> literally get naked right now on Holy january 26 fuck. 2003 according to a report in davenport yeah. iowa an assistant manager at an applebee's neighborhood grill and bar conducted a degrading 90 minute search of a waitress at the behest of a caller who said he was a regional manager even though the man had called collect and despite the fact that the assistant manager had already read a company memo mm-hmm. warning about hoax calls like this oh. because one had happened a month earlier. Oh my God, dude. He later told police he just forgot about the memo. <laughs> Apparently so. Holy also shit. Also in 2003, according to um, city police in Juneau, Alaska, yeah. a caller to a Taco Bell said he was working with a company to investigate drug abuse at the store and he had a manager pick out a 14-year-old customer, strip search her, and force her to do lewd acts on him. No! Yeah, a a A 14-year-old customer. Did they get sued? I don't know. Oh, a lot this of these are terrible. completely confidential. You don't know oh like how much God, these companies settled for. Like Holy they keep it really private. Shit. Yeah. Well, a customer was involved in that first one I told you about too, where they they brought a customer in to strip search the manager because they told the manager that it was a sting operation that the customer was a sex criminal. Yeah. Right. Like, right. What? wild it's fucking crazy wait in that first one i thought you were saying that she stripped herself down she did she did she did okay but but he was like deputized (laughs) to like be the fucking (laughs) but like you know they were saying like he'll probably molest you because he's a sex criminal (laughs) but like the second that he starts to molest you then someone will break down the door undercover cops will break down the door this is shocking (laughs) shocking so, um, oh my God! There's a rookie detective in town in Mount Washington, Kentucky. Okay, oh his God, name is dude. Buddy Stump. Buddy Stump, and he's alerted to this situation. Uh-huh. He reviews the footage. Yeah, and he realizes he knows that kid. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a very large town. No, but Louise is his next door neighbor. Oh my God! And they've dude. known each other her whole life. Right. And now like, he's got to fucking watch hours and hours of video of her naked, naked getting fucking jumping jacks sexually and, assaulted by yeah. Walter. Yeah. So, because the police said so. Yeah. Uh-huh. So now with no resources, you can imagine how teeny tiny their police department is, right? And yeah. no real way to trace the call because it came from a payphone, which were still being used at the time, surprisingly. Yeah. And I wonder how many crimes like are impossible now because there's. No, no pay, pay phones, phones anymore. That's really true. The anonymity is gone. Yeah, like, right, right. Everything is traceable. Yeah. Um, 
but he embarks on trying to solve it anyway because it's very personal and it's very sad. Yeah. Um, so he does some Google searches mm -hmm. and he starts calling around other fast food joints around the country and he connects with a fellow detective named Victor Flaherty in mm -hmm. Boston, Mass. Mm -hmm. And they are a match made in heaven, okay? So at a Wendy's in Boston, actually at four Wendy's what? in Boston over the course of one weekend. So four for four. Whoa. Someone uh, someone called and they did the hoax and they did the cavity search and they did, they did Jesus the whole routine. Well, this negates what we were saying before. I know. These are city this folk. Right in the city. Damn. Exactly. Nobody's safe. No one's safe. So, but at the Wendy's, um, after the assault, someone had the genius idea, fucking duh, to dial star 69. Do you remember star 69? I do, yeah. But it was a payphone too. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, they did find out from doing that, that the number, so it's a payphone, but the number was from a calling card. Do you remember calling cards? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then this Victor detective from Boston has a crazy accent, by the way, um, calls around AT&T to try to get them to trace the calling card because AT&T owns the calling card. So mm -hmm. if they can just get the information of who, who purchased it. that uh -huh. calling card, then they're really on the right track. Right. And the girl on the other line says that they can't do that. I'm sorry, that is not our policy. <laughs> exactly. Damn so it, dude. a week later, though, the yeah. AT&T girl calls Do you know how back. many cavities have been searched? <laughs> In my precinct alone. <laughs> um, the AT&T girl calls back. It's great. Oh, she did? She calls back a week later and says, I've got some answers. I guess ever since 9-11, calling cards are traceable. But AT&T uh, just doesn't want the public to know. Uh, but I can help you. Wow. Okay. Okay. So the Patriot Act like came in handy here, I guess. Yeah. Wow. So and what she happened? She says, Vic, the true originating number is coming from Panama City, Florida. Florida. I knew it. <laughs> I mean, it had to be, right? Like we needed the full circle. We needed the connection. There it is. It's Florida man. Florida man is calling. Oh my God, he's Answer calling the phone, you. It's Florida man. Oh, Answer the phone is fucking Florida man. Of course, Florida man is conducting strip searches and cavity <laughs> searches and making, oh, making teenagers suck dick on telephone in a McDonald's. Oh, this is crazy. Yeah. Of course, it was Panama City. It had to be. Shit. So they call every place in Panama City that sells calling cards, like uh -huh. Home Depot, fucking Publix, Walmart, wherever. Yeah, right? and apparently, I mean, wherever this is in Panama City, this guy's probably bought like hundreds of them. Hundreds, like he's hundreds. like their favorite customer. Yeah. yeah. So they target videos of customers purchasing calling cards at these uh -huh. places, right? Mm -hmm. And they search through like all the video. It takes like four or five months. It's yeah, really yeah. tedious. Uh -huh. um, but they finally find the guy who purchased the calling card with that traceable number on it that they got no from AT&T. And they watched the tape. I'm going to show you a picture of him, Nathan. I don't know what to tell you, Kelsey Ann. It, he looks like a man who does this for a living. <laughs> he is, uh, you, he's six feet tall. 
Um, he it's he's got very like 1980s stylings. Mm-hmm. He has that 80s mustache. He's got those big glasses that like guys wore back then. He's got a mullet. Mm-hmm. The party is in the back. Mm-hmm. The business is in the front. He's got a thick caterpillar mustache, as mm-hmm. you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's wearing a greasy tank top. <laughs> he's got a fucking scowl on his face. <laughs> um, well, obviously, this is a mugshot, but like. He just looks like a big lump of a man <laughs> who's into like who has bad sexual proclivities. Yeah, he's got ugly, awful fetishes. That's what I see when downturned I downturned mouth. Like he's exactly the kind of guy that I would imagine would be committing sex crimes via like fucking calling cards. So they see calling card <laughs> sex crime scam. Yeah, they that's see this him. guy on the surveillance in Walmart and. They also see that... Average citizen of Panama City, by the way. I mean, totally. Victor Flaherty is specifically the one who notices this. Um, He sees a braid on the side of his slacks. A braid? A braid means police. What? He's a cop. He is a cop! I was right! You're right. I was right! No fucking kidding! Yeah. Whoa! No shit! Yeah. He was a cop the whole fucking time. Oh my god. Just not the cop. Oh my god, dude. Wow. I see. I just thought he was like a mimic or like a guy who had like enough charisma to like, you know, pull off that like sort of neutral commanding. Yeah. Well, there's a little more to the story than him just being a cop, but. Wow. Right now, they're like, fuck. He's a cop. He actually is a cop. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So they go down there to get him. They go down to Panama City. Uh-huh. They're trying to, you know, get this guy, right? Leave it to a cop to know who's going to be obedient, too, know, by the way. I know. Isn't that it's creepy? So sick. There's something... I just find cops so creepy. You know, they should be, like, upstanding members of the community. Like, they should be people you look up to. They're not. They're all, like... They all have this weird, creepy psychology. I, yeah. I've never met a cop that, like, rubbed me the right way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so, oh, and, and Vic may. is, if you can't tell, Victor Flaherty is, um, you know, Scotch-Irish Catholic cop from Boston. Yeah. Just the pastiest motherfucker you've yeah. ever seen. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And he That's goes. That's my people. We go down there to get him. The sun is my mortal enemy. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just a red-faced man. Is he bald? Yes, he's yeah, bald. he's bald. Yeah. Looks like a thumb. Yeah, yep. he has mm-hmm. like blonde, like you know, eyebrows and stuff. Oh, you know what Jesus. I mean? Jesus. Yeah. Um. So they they try to ask around because that's what they would do, like in their towns. Like, yeah, hey, right. have you seen uh-huh. this guy? Do you know uh-huh. this guy? Mm-hmm. Here's his picture. They run into a familiar Florida trap. Yeah, Panama City is pretty much a small town, but not like a small town in Massachusetts or Kentucky, where these where these detectives are from. Mm-hmm. The population is transient. Nobody really lives there. No one really lives there. Fucking no one a. really grew up there. No one knows this guy and no one cares. This is Florida. This is Florida. Yeah. Everybody's rootless. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows where they're from. It doesn't fucking matter. Nobody was born there. Nope. They all just showed up there. Yeah. Wow. I mean, imagine going into like certain neighborhoods in Boston or or Mount Washington like Someone would know this guy. If yeah, he totally. lived there, someone would know him. Yeah, totally, totally. Or someone grew up with his brother or someone something, something like you that. You know, like yeah. 
See, in, in Massachusetts, I would be worried, like, you know, nobody's going to talk to the police. Right, right. You know they just I mean? don't want to, like, rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Not in Kentucky. Those guys, those guys <laughs> will kneel for the flag. <laughs> they will. They will. So they're at sort of a standstill here mm-hmm. with finding this guy. Yeah. But let me tell you about Walter. So just to wrap up the bow on Louise Ogborn's case and Walter. Yeah. Um. Walter got convicted of five for five years. He got mm-hmm. he was sentenced for five years. Yeah. And Donna Summers got one year probation and obviously fired from McDonald's and obviously their engagement is off. Yeah. But do you think those sentences are fair? Yes. I kind of feel like it's not enough. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were asking me if you thought it was fair that they were punished. No. Okay. Walter getting five years is like maybe even not enough. And Donna getting a year probation is insane to me. I think, yeah. I mean, I think yes, if anything. she didn't they actually be- make someone commit, commit a sex act on herself. Like yeah. she didn't make a teenager, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to say yeah, yeah. about Donna's pussy, but you know, like <laughs> getting it. Like, yeah. um, but oh, she oh, but like she's Walter, so on the incredibly other hand, culpable. all up in Donna's pussy, <laughs> Donna Jean, yeah, Donna Jean, mm-hmm. Donna's jeans, getting all up in Donna's jeans, um, Donna's vagine. I think, um, yeah, I think if anything, those sentences should probably be harsher, yeah, because I think especially Donna, I don't care if you fully believe with the fullness of your heart and mind and soul that you have been deputized by the local police department um, and that you are working for the police department under the orders of Officer Scott. There is no world in which in which spanking a girl with her ass in your face or getting sucked off by a girl is police work. I know. There's no fucking world. You have to use your and head. And also, even if it is police work... It's wrong. It's wrong. It can still be police work and it's be wrong. wrong. You stop spanking that girl right now, <laughs> right Walter. Now. It's wrong. Yeah. And you should fucking know, you should be able to know that. Yeah. And you should be able to, as the newest deputy of your local police department, say, hey, listen, <laughs> I think we need to talk to our commanding officer about this. You understand? About the spanking protocol. About the spanking protocol. Yeah. I'm not aware of the spanking protocol. <laughs> Yeah. That being said, I have limited training, but listen. And I didn't go to the academy, but it is my understanding. I don't think that having a naked pussy three inches from my nose and spanking it is proper police procedure. But you know what? You tell me. You tell I mean, me. No. Why don't we get our commanding officer on the horn and talk about this? I know. Do I have to have her suck my dick as part of the official protocol? Yeah. No. No. Teenagers I, sucking your dick is wrong. Stop it. Especially against her will. Especially against her will. She's, She's crying. crying, shivering, and going, oh, on Walter's dick. Yeah. This is a nightmare. Nightmare. You should, it, you should, it doesn't matter if you are, a, if you actually are a police officer yeah. and your actual boss told you to do it. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter if it's in the manual. Don't do it. It's wrong, and you should stop. It's common sense. It's common fucking sense, yeah. yeah. And nobody, except for the janitor, God bless him. God bless. Thank you, janitor, for putting an end to this madness. Hours and hours. How many times could this guy jerk off on this phone call, by know, the way? I know, right? Probably jerked off while she was oh, so doing many times. fucking jumping jacks, 
definitely jerked off vicariously through the through other Walter. Through Walter's jerk off. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think he probably gets off on even things like knowing her bra size and like that stuff that yeah. Donna was doing, yeah. you know, like, yeah. oof. So let's anyway. talk about the psychology behind like bowing to authority, right? I mean, we've touched I'd on it to. already, but you, you said Nuremberg and it's funny because, right. so there was this, um, this scientist, Stanley Milgram, and mm -hmm. you've probably heard of the Milgram study. I have. I actually know all about it. Okay, perfect. But our so, audience might not. Yeah. So, so yeah. Stanley Milgram was seeking to understand why so many Germans followed orders during the Holocaust. Right. So he wants to ask the question, why do so many people go along with authority figures even when those figures are giving instructions that are clearly and terribly wrong? Yeah. Which is what you just said. Good question. Um, he calls these experiments obedience studies. Yeah. So um, at Yale, this was done at Yale. Yeah. Milgram selected participants for his experiment by um, a newspaper mm -hmm. advertising for male participants to take part in a study of learning at Yale University. The procedure... Uh, I'm reading, by the way, from um, something called Simply Psychology, the Milgram Shock Experiment, Summary, Results, and Ethics by Saul McLeod, PhD. I'll Shout out to in Saul. <laughs> link it in the source. Better call Saul. Um, the procedure was that the participant was paired with another person, and they drew lots to find out who would be the learner and who would be the teacher. The draw was fixed, obviously, yeah. so that the participant the person who's actually a rando is always the teacher and that the learner was an actor hired um, as one of Milgram's, you know, um, employees, basically. Yeah. So the learner uh, was taken into a room and had electrodes attached to his arms. And the teacher, the person who's just a guy from uh, New Haven, <laughs> Uh, and so the, the teacher and the researcher, who is usually Milgrams, but sometimes other scientists, would go into a room next door that contained an electric shock generator and a row of switches marked from 15 volts to 375 volts. Oh, and then severe shock, 450 volts. Like murdering. Like murder. That's literally, that number should just say murder. Yeah. Yeah. It has four X's next to it. <laughs> <laughs> it does, did it actually? Mm -hmm. yeah. eh, 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 eh. So this was yeah. done in 1963, and then it was subse subsequently done many, many, many other times in other uh, countries, and it always yielded the same results, which is just so crazy. Um, so he was researching how far people would go in obeying an instruction, even if it involved harming another person. So the actor, the learner... Yeah. Um, has to learn a list of word pairs that are given to him to learn. Uh -huh. This is part of the experiment. Mm -hmm. And the teacher tests him by naming a word and asking the learner to recall its pair. Yeah. Um, the teacher is told to administer an electric shock every time the learner makes a mistake mm -hmm. and increase the level of shock each time. Yeah. There are 30 switches on the shock generator... And you know they go up to 450. Yeah. So the learner mainly gave wrong answers on purpose. Yeah, of course. Um, and for each of these, the teacher gave him an electric shock. Yeah. Which when is funny because I always thought like the, the 
the implication there is like you're dealing with somebody who has like a disability or like yeah. is infirm in yeah, one way right? or another. You know, like if they can't get any of these words right, like to save themselves from horrible, painful shock, it sort of implies that they're like in a weakened position, like either m- mentally or psychologically. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when the teacher refused to administer a shock. Yeah. Um, the experimenter, the scientist, would give them a series of like orders and prods to yeah. ensure that they continue, right? Basically just trying to convince them. And I, I guess mm-hmm. they really went with a script. So the scientist would say things like, please continue. Mm-hmm. The experiment requires that you continue. Yeah. It is absolutely essential that you continue. Yeah. And you have no other choice but to continue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is prod number four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, two-thirds of participants, so 65% of people, 65% continued to the highest level. The highest of level. 450 volts. Unbelievable. And all participants, 100%, continued to at least 300 volts. Jesus Christ. Well, I had honestly forgotten that, that detail. Right, like the, I mean, so imagine listeners, by the way, like those like prank things that like, you know, look like a pack of gum and you pull on it and it shocks you or like, you know, when you, the the thing that you like shake hands with somebody and mm-hmm. you press the button yeah. and it shocks you, that's like three volts, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. Imagine like you're, it's literally like searing, blinding pain. Yeah, these and and obviously the actors weren't mm-hmm. actually being um, volted, I don't yeah, know, electrocuted. Right, right. But the the subjects didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, they're they're and by the way, they can hear and see inside this room. They can see inside can, of it. I think so. You don't remember that? I thought the the idea was that they could only hear. But okay, they maybe they can see. only hear, but still. Yeah. They're hearing the death rattle like they're hearing yeah, uh-huh. cries of agony imagine mm-hmm. that you're being asked to do something yeah and the person that you do it upon is screaming in agony screaming and dying as like, far as well, you know because for well 450 is actually would kill you yeah and yeah they might not have known that scientifically but it was it was, it was in implied. The, it it said was implied X, in the X, 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 X. Yeah, it's it was like the most implied in the experiment, torture. and yeah. it sounded like the person was dying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so, okay. I have several things to say about this. Like, first of all, the the method of separating the rooms and having it only be sound that mm-hmm. these guys could hear was a, was a sort of shorthand for depersonalizing. Mm, I see. Okay. You know what I mean? They did that on purpose to make it so that like the, the idea of the person in the next room was abstract, mm-hmm. which you could, you could argue in the Holocaust, right? Mm-hmm. The Nazis had implemented like years, nearly a decade of um, like dehumanizing practices towards the Jews for sure, and yeah. propaganda to the general public mm-hmm. to the point where like the general public had just had it in their heads the same amount of distance from like a, a living, breathing mm-hmm. like Jewish person mm-hmm. in front of them, then the uh, that the person in the one room in the Milgram experiment had from the faceless voice on yeah. the other end of the wall. Yeah, that I that in my estimation is why they did that. Um, what's crazy to me about the the caller from Panama City mm-hmm. is that these people were in the room looking at a living breathing human being yeah 
that they had no reason and in fact they were not depersonalized from in mm-hmm. fact knew personally mm-hmm. in certain cases yeah um, in most cases proving that this that this phenomenon goes way past people yeah depersonalization yeah. way past like what you know nazi propaganda did to the german public like y- it would be effective on you against one of your coworkers that you knew yeah and like knew stuff about i think my the, or the, just a random fucking guy in line at mcdonald's still you know you're I mean? seeing it you know like you're you said. seeing it you're touching it yeah I think the the most fascinating thing to me about the study... If you're Walter, you're smelling that girl's fucking pussy like yeah, four inches from your face. Um, is that... For me, it's, it's about the man in the white coat, right? You're in a room, in a formalized setting. Right, this is the other thing I was going to say. Yeah. And this man in a white coat is the scientist. A vague authority Vague authority voice. figure, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I have a quote here um, from the study. Mm-hmm. Yet... Nearly two-thirds of Milgram subjects gave what they believed were paralyzing, potentially fatal volts to a pitifully protesting victim simply because an authority figure, the man in the white coat, had commanded them to do so. Yeah. And they don't know this person either. That's It's just and they don't some know, fucking guy. Yeah, it's just some yeah. guy who mm-hmm. says, hello, welcome, I'm in charge. I'll tell you what, it is a really like mind-bending experience to finally have that day where you just go, oh my God, all of these people are just some fucking guy. I know. The president of the United States. Yeah. The fucking, the the chief of police in Chicago. Yeah. The fucking, you know, attorney general. The, the justices on the Supreme Court. Even like the best neurosurgeon in the world. Like just some guy. Some guy. guy. Some guy. <laughs> yeah. You know totally. what I mean? Yeah. Like, even if they've done impressive things, they are, at the end of the day, human. Only human. Um, So Milgram writes, with numbing regularity, Mm -hmm. good people were seen to knuckle under the demands of authority and perform actions that were callous and severe. Yeah. Once you accept another person's authority, you become a different person. Yeah. 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 You are concerned with how well you follow out your orders rather than whether it is right or wrong. Exactly. You've surrendered your your ego, your um, super ego yeah. to yeah. somebody else. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. And it's interesting because like you know, you think in terms of history like this this sort of thing was justified by like the divine right of kings, right? Mm. Literally like the pharaoh in Egypt or fucking, you know, the king, whatever local king in central Germany in the dark ages or whatever. They said, you have to do what I say because I'm not just a guy. I'm not just a man. Literally God um, made me king and I'm enacting his will. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but you, it, what's so funny is you never even needed to do that. You, you only just ever had to, to have a badge. You just had to have a yeah. badge. Exactly. It's like the phenomenon of like wearing a high vis like vest. Yeah, and, and just carrying a ladder. Somewhere. Yeah. If you could just carry a ladder and wear a high vis vest, you can basically go wherever the f- wherever you want, wherever yeah. you want. Or like on Thirty Rock, there was that joke. Um, there was a pilot, um, played by Matt Damon, that like Liz Lemon dated for a couple of episodes, and he was like. I'm a pilot. I can literally go anywhere I want to. I could walk into the Oval Office and nobody Fuck. would say a thing. 
And it's true. It's With fucking like, true. With, like, the little pilot's hat on? or Yeah, yeah. The uniform, yeah. the wings, the pilot's hat. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you could go wherever the fuck you wanted. But that's it. Like, how do you know this guy's even a scientist? You don't know. You I don't. mean, you're at Yale University. But, like, there's no there's no power of law commanding you to, mm-hmm. like, execute this guy in the next room. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. It's crazy. Besides, the guy says, you must do this. Yeah, exactly. A police officer, to to really focus this point down, to the greater point that we're saying here, police officers are just fucking guys, too. Oh, God, yeah. You know what I mean? You shouldn't just, like, you shouldn't just trust people. You shouldn't just do what people say just because they say to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, a, an actual police officer who has a gun, you probably should listen to him because he's got, because of the gun. <laughs> right, right. Because but you're in immediate danger. <laughs> literally, yes. Because of the gun. But for no other reason, really. Because he's just some prick. Um, so, retired FBI special agent Dan Jablonski of Wichita, Kansas, investigated the, the number of By strip the way, search hoaxes. Sorry, I have to say this is a guy who grew up in Kansas. Uh-huh. Wichita, I shit on Kansas City a lot, but Wichita, Kansas is the worst place in the world. It's literally the asshole of America. And I, mean, I say that because the biggest building in that city... There's a convention center that's shaped like a donut ring. Okay. That literally, it's brown. It looks like an anus. Ew, why would they do that? Because that's what they they know themselves, babe. (laughs) I have not been to Wichita, but we've driven through western Kansas before. Yeah. And man, was I... Bored to tears. Yeah, and more than I thought I would be. Because everyone goes like, yeah, not much to see, blah, blah, blah. Uh But when you actually see it... um. It feels criminal. It feels like something that is damaging your psyche by just being there. Yeah, it's oppressive. Um, there's not a lot of trees. I mean, it's 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 kind of ugly. Yeah. A rural area should not be ugly. Let's just get that straight. Right. If you're going to be in the middle of nowhere with no resources, mm-hmm. you got to at least have some nice trees or some nice something. Right. Or shit, if it's going to be endless grasslands, there should be like, I don't know, Mongolian like herdsmen. <laughs> I don't know. Or there should be like fucking giraffes wandering around yeah, or whatever. It's There's nothing. There's nothing. Psychically oppressive. There um, used to be giant buffalo herds. We see, killed all those. Cool. And we yeah. replaced them with fat people. <laughs> um, so hate Wichita. He investigated like a number of uh, hoaxes that happened at Wendy's franchises around the Wichita area. And he says, you and I can sit here and judge these people and say they were blooming idiots, but they aren't trained to use common sense. They are trained to say and think, can I help you? Which I just thought was pretty interesting. It's a good point. But uh, to my earlier point about Wichita, they are all dumb cows. And so I will blame them. <laughs> okay. In only Wichita's case, they were at fault and not the police officer. Right. Um, by the way, in the Ogborn case, uh, so imagine, so Louise is buck naked. And shivering, like we said, and so dazed oh and God. so confused at the end of it yeah. that she asked Kim Dockery if she needed to show up for work the next morning. Oh, my God, dude. That's sad. Can you imagine? Can you fucking imagine? Can you imagine that even Donna Jean's, question? you in the middle of that, not even at the end of it, in the middle of that fucking ordeal, you had Walter's cum in your mouth. <laughs> and you're like, um... Should I Should show, I up, show to up to work next morning? Yeah. Oh, you poor, poor thing. You poor thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, 
the caller wasn't always successful, right? So it's not like every single one of these was a hit. Yeah, right. Um, phone records that we now have show that he would call like 10 stores and, and one of them would take right. the bait, right? It's like fishing for stupid people, yeah. Basically, yeah. 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 In Hinesville, Georgia, he asked a janitor to put his finger in the vagina of a 19-year-old cashier. Did it work? At a McDonald's. Yeah, of course. God damn it, dude. Oh, there was one in Joplin, Missouri, too. Um, Joplin. In Joplin, Missouri. Another fucking bad place. Sorry. Um, Sorry, residents of Joplin. Move somewhere else. uh, He persuaded a 16-year-old girl who was managing a Sonic restaurant to strip search and perform oral sex on a 21-year-old male cook. And then he got the male cook to strip search the manager. <laughs> this is crazy, dude. So it was like tag. It was like... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of understand the logic. Okay, there is no logic, but I sort of understand the logic of the very first case mm-hmm. um, where poor little Louise um, was accused of stealing from somebody. Yeah. Um, and it was just, she was the focus of all of the attention. Yeah. Um, how the fuck did you get <laughs> to, to pass the buck upwards I don't know. to multiple different people? I don't know. That's crazy. It's, crazy right? it's fucking crazy. Yeah. So back to the perp. Um, so Buddy and Vic are down in Panama still and they're calling because, because of the braid on his slacks, they're calling around to all the precincts in the area and they're going there and they're showing him the security screenshot from Walmart. Yeah. And everyone is saying there's no cop in my precinct that looks like that. Yeah. He probably, Which, first of all, how, how, how is that possible? This man looks like a cop. He looks like everybody in Panama city. This is what I was saying. Like he looks like a cop and he looks like a cop in Panama city. So so, the fact that there's not one guy, the fact that not one, like, I don't know, deputy was like, you know, he kind of looks like, yeah, everyone was like, don't know. He's got a mullet. He's got a mustache. What more do you need? I, in he's got Panama those, like, City, forehead Florida. wrinkles, you know, like yeah. that wrinkle pattern of someone who like takes the law really seriously. Yeah, he's got a big fucking round oval shaped head, dumpy, looks like a chicken McNugget, uh, fucking aggressively sloping forehead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they decide to call prisons. Yep. There are three facilities in mm-hmm. the Panama area. They phone them up and guess what? He might not be a cop. But he is a prison guard. Oh, God. And a his step name down if there ever was is one. Is David Stewart. David Stewart. Not only did he work there, but he was at work right then. <gasps> no shit. Yeah. So they ask him if he knows why they're there. And he says, Was anybody hurt? Thank God it's over. What? And then they ask him a follow up question and he pleads. Sorry, I just burped. He pleads the fifth. <laughs> what? But I think it's funny that, like, Was obviously they shocked hurt? him. Like, yeah. this is clearly his real response. And then he remembered to plead the fifth. Yeah. But I just think that's such an odd thing to say. Was anyone Was hurt? Was anyone hurt? Thank God it's Thank over. Thank God it's over. Okay, I have theories mm-hmm. in my mind. Do you think that he was about to blame someone else? For all this, like saying he was, do you think he like was trying to get creative in a moment of mm. panic 
and going like other people were calling me and making me do this. I don't know. I don't record the video. You know. You know. I don't know. Like that just doesn't make sense. Or maybe was he tied up in something else? Even more sinister somehow. Like a, and this like was a, just his a hobby. group of people doing this. Right. I don't know. Thank so they God did a search of his home. He lived in like a trailer somewhere. Of he course. was a married man, a father of five. A married of for five. eleven years. Wow. I know. Well and it private turns lives, out, babe. So okay. They go in his trailer. Mm-hmm. He has stacks and stacks of notebooks. Really weird. Oh, has he just been transcribing? Well, not transcribing his crimes. Uh So he worked as a mall security guard while volunteering, volunteering as an auxiliary sheriff's deputy. So he did do some work as a police officer. Okay. And he went through the academy, the police academy. This is so interesting, by the way. Volunteer sheriff's deputy. He was sort of making all of these people on the phone into volunteer, volunteer sheriff's, sheriff's deputies. deputies. I know. Ugh! So he went through the academy and he he was hired as a volunteer. Okay. But he was never hired as an officer. Yeah. And so he had to get a job as a prison guard instead. Fuck, they smelled that he was a criminal. But he had detailed records of everything he did as a volunteer officer. Oh like my God. every, like dear diary... I I pulled someone over for doing 50 in a 45. Like, so-and-so showed up late Which, today. by the way, is a bitch move. Yeah, Everybody retarded. knows that. Um, but, like, so even after his stint as, like, a volunteer law enforcement, he continued to write in these notebooks about how badly he wanted to be a police. Oh, my God. He was obsessed with being a police officer. He wanted to be a police he so had bad. F- framed photos of police department like insignia and crests oh and shit on his oh walls and, like, he had police coins. paraphernalia he wanted... everywhere oh my god his date he literally he was walking around life and in his mind the whole time he was going wee woo wee woo wee woo yes i'm he a was police going, whoop, whoop, i'm a police oh my god yeah oh my god yeah this is so weird and dark. I know. Oh so my God. they extradited him to Kentucky. Yeah. And he was. If your on- dream is to be a police officer, and you can't get there too, that's yeah, like and you weird can't even me. get there. Yeah. Do you know how low the fucking they bar is? They only let you work there for free, basically. Oh <laughs> my God. And you have to support yourself by being a prison guard, so you can go do your free volunteer police. Oh my God. <laughs> I like this guy makes me feel the same. Okay, that psychology, if I think about it and I internalize it, it makes me feel the same way as like when I learned about like Ed Gein. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's just there's something fundamentally wrong about this. But it couldn't have been any other way. It's not. The man making these calls had to have been. So a committed Florida man to the that fantasy. was obsessed yes. with the fantasy of being a police. A, fa- a Florida man who was obsessed with the fantasy of being a police. And not officer. actually being one, but being police adjacent. And not a detective, and not no. like a sergeant. Nope. And not like any, just a fucking regular police officer. Yeah. Holy fucking shit, yeah. dude. Holy shit. I know. And it's not even like 
my father was a police officer and no. my grandfather was a police officer or like um i'm gonna serve my community and like get like a great pension and like you know be able to raise a family it was literally like i want to be a wee woo policeman yeah literally like a child fuck me like imagine him playing with like little police trucks Going in his like, house like I'm, little like like doing like little pretend games holy with shit. a matchbox card. yeah exactly exactly yeah I mean, I already think it's a little weird when you want to be a police officer because I already think you have like a power and control complex. But imagine someone who also has like a weird, like a grown man's libido and body and like, and like a child psychology somehow. Yeah. There's something so creepy about this. So he's put on trial for charges of solicitation of sodomy yeah and impersonating a police officer which police will always get you for oh definitely that's their favorite in fact yeah literally you're not invited you're not in our club you're not invited bro which is what he heard from police his whole life so yeah you're not fucking invited yeah um max sentence you are invited to jail 15 years 15 i feel like it's not enough but throw um throw the other thing on there no, no, just 15. 15 total. That's oh, his, his maximum his sentence. His maximum sentence. That he can possibly get. This is crazy. So if you... Because I, I really do think your logic holds. I think he raped a bunch of ladies. Yeah, I think so too. I would I would call this like sexual assault and rape. I know, but they can only... Apparently they can only call it solicitation he of He didn't do rape. it with his physical body, but he like turned other people into his weird little mind slaves yeah. and made them rape each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy fucking shit. So he pleads not guilty in 20, or 2006. He does? And on October 31st, on a dark and stormy night. Yes, on Halloween a very night, spooky Halloween night. The jury finds... David Stewart not guilty. Shut up. Citing lack of concrete evidence that he placed the calls. And he was acquitted. He served no time, no probation, no community service. And he apparently lives in upstate New York and has kept a low profile. And no fast food restaurant has gotten a hoax call since his arrest in 2004. So it was definitely him. <laughs> I I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. Yeah, he 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 got in no trouble. The prosecution he was punished zero zero minutes. Of they punishment couldn't. For him. They couldn't conclusively draw enough. They had pictures of him. Yeah. They had pictures of him purchasing the calling cards that were used to place calls to these fast food restaurants at the time when this was happening. But maybe maybe he just had the best legal team ever. I don't know. Or maybe he did what he should have done and shut the fuck up. Well, he did. He did. Yeah, he immediately pled the fifth. Good for him. That sick fuck who deserves to rot in jail and then hell. I know. Um. Yeah, he did the right thing. He sh- you should not talk to police officers. Even when you want to be one so bad. Even really when you, you want really want to be one so best, bad. Best yeah. bro. Oh, dude. I know. That's so fucked. Yeah. And it, he did this. It's not even like he couldn't get pussy. Like, 
No, I mean he was married. He had he a was bunch of fucking kids. a lot. Apparently, he had five kids. Like Jesus Christ, dude. Keep them coming. Oh I know. wow, you've really stunned and me. And he this wasn't one. getting pussy from it. No, he wasn't. He was virtual helping other guys. People. <laughs> virtual pussy. No, Long no, no, distance no, 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 no. rape. I can't say it enough. He was. Yeah. No, he was perpetrating these crimes through other people. Fucking crazy. Isn't that nuts? This is such a bizarre, strange, fascinating fucking story. And it had Thank to be Thank you for sharing man. this with me. It could only have been a Panama City man. Yeah. Is there a hierarchy of Florida men? Um, I feel like Panama Pinellas City men are like, pretty low on the totem pole, I'd say. Or high, depending on what uh, marker you're using. Meaning but like the more, the most Flor- the Floridian, most Florida the most man. chaotic. I'd say I'd say down in Pinellas, yeah, we got Pinellas that St. Petersburg yeah, thing going on. Brevard County, <laughs> yeah, also, yeah, yeah, Brevard, yeah, Panama City. Panama City, yeah, for sure. It, it's real ratchet up there. It's real. It's it's a crystalline Florida man. It it's really just is pure in its essence because it's not it's not like a farming community. No, you know what I mean? No. It's not that place was built on one thing and one thing only, which is like fucking going up. and getting hammered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, that about does her. <laughs> Damn, I, I, I don't know if I've ever been more speechless on this show. Like you, what you have brought before me today has rendered me completely stunned. It, like, like it makes me think, what have I done in my life that, like, what have I said yes to that looking back was so stupid? Like, I did not have to say yes to. Yeah, totally. You know, well, um, I know one when yeah, you worked at Profiles Theater. Um, they made you build all of their sets for oh, that's them true. and stay there till three in the fucking morning with no pay. Yeah, that was like a labor dispute that I just should have said. Absolutely not. No, fuck no. This is I'm so leaving. fucking retarded. Yeah. yeah. They just said, like, we're a family. Like, we do this together. I know. Like, I was like, yeah. okay, I have to do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I think, like, one of them. If you've been a listener for a while, you know, like, I was I was in a loony bin. I was in a nitwit farm for a minute. Um, and I, she was baker I think that there was some authority there that, like, that did get in my head. Like, I was sure. saying the whole time, the whole time, and you can see it on my records that mm-hmm. I went and got um, hard copies of, mm-hmm. uh, in case they try to fuck with me again, um, where I say I'm being held against my will. I'm being held against my will. Mm-hmm. I do not deserve to be here. I do not want to be here. Mm-hmm. I am being held here against my will. Yep. I kept on saying that, yep. but I, I probably could have walked out. I don't know Definitely. exactly the legality, but I didn't try. I could tell you that, you right, know. And right. they do take your shoes and they do take your purse. So I wouldn't have had a phone, wallet, or keys. And yeah. they do that immediately, immediately, before yep. they even explain yep. to you what situation you just got yourself in. But I wonder if I couldn't have just walked out. So... But they're wearing like nurses' costumes, right, you know? right, right? And so they're like doctors and their authority. Um, and Kelsey Ann was Baker acted under false premises. We c- we literally could sue them, probably. But I mean, yeah, but we don't, I don't have, have the, the energy. Means or the energy yeah. um, but anyway, in the, in the case of the abusive center that is run fraudulently, um, that is not an actual mental health uh, facility. Um, <clears throat> I think they actually did have legal power over you. Mm, so they I, could have grabbed I me. think 
when you are Baker active, yeah. you are a ward of the state. Okay. And so, like, you have less rights than you did when you showed up. Well, and I was... Why it's so scary. It's so scary. And I was, like, um, boxed in mentally by the idea, and by the way, by mm-hmm. the sounds mm-hmm. of upstairs. So, if we're on the second floor, mm-hmm. and that's drug detox and regularly mentally ill people, yeah. the third floor, which you can hear people screaming... Yeah is apparently like where you're having an active psychological break and there's like straight jackets and That's stuff. That's where they do the experiments. <laughs> I mean, they probably were doing experiments. Oh, yeah. And like, so there's this threat that like if you act up, you will get sent to the third floor. And yeah. I didn't want to know what was going on, on the third floor. Mm-hmm. All I hear is people screaming. Yeah, talk about like taking this principle that we've been speaking about in this episode like to the extreme. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that fucking hospital. Jesus I remember Christ. once being told by an employer, I worked at L'Occitane, mm-hmm. skin, the skincare company, yeah. and I got approached by one of the managers who said, so um, I can see that you're wearing leggings, black leggings. We had to wear like all black, right? Mm-hmm. And I have also asked around to your coworkers and they say that you've been wearing leggings regularly and I just, I need to say some things about your appearance. Um, you... This isn't college. You need to show up here looking professionally with and with your hair and makeup done. She was like, you need to start putting more effort into your appearance. And I go, literally, I quit. <laughs> I just quit <laughs> on the spot. I was you. like, that won't be happening. I won't be returning to work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, good for you. She was stunned. Yeah. She was like, you, 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 we hired you because you have pageant experience. I was like, ew, what? What? That's so random. Why don't you suck my dick instead? Yeah, and I was just like, how you guys realize- dare you tell me that I basically don't look good enough to work here, that I need to like right. do my makeup better. You guys Fuck realize you, guys. you fucking sell soap. You sell soap and like face cream. Ridiculous. Like, how important do you think this actually is? Yeah. Not important enough for me to do my makeup, so I'm quitting. Yeah, like, literally hell like- Hell no. This job is for suckers. And I've been sucker enough to I've do been it. Sucking on you. I've been sucking <laughs> your job long enough to fucking get to this point and no further. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Like I, I fucking it drives me nuts working at places like that that have like corporate standards or oh whatever. Oh my god, me too. Like it, they expect you to like commit some emotional component of yourself to like look around objectively. What are we doing here? This is a box that sells cream. I sit here at the desk, and if you want to buy cream, then I'll then sell it to you. Exactly. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? How am I supposed to, like, get emotionally invested in that? Yeah. Why is that a component of this job? Come up here, With say, cream, I want this cream, and I'll ring you up. Give me up. the money. <laughs> and I'll give you the cream. I just don't think that you're putting like the level of effort into this that like we need. Yeah, I was There's, like, this job requires no effort. A fucking idiot, a fucking literally a an animal could do this job. Yeah, you I could train a dog to do sure. this job. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it, that shit drives. Anyway, me it does. I'll be thinking about this probably all week. I'll be like, yeah. what in like what else in my life have I? Said yes to said yes to that just because somebody just because someone in perceived authority told me to. You know, for sure, it's crazy. I will also be thinking about that. Yeah. Well, that's it, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. 
I hope it was titillating, but not too titillating. Yeah, exactly. That's wrong. <laughs> Keep your hands out of your fucking pants yeah. while you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Please. All right, this is a family podcast. <laughs>